you move to the main No, I want to save it as well. Huh? I want to save it. Yeah, save it, please. Oh, yes, it's important. Otherwise, we'll have wait for nothing.
expanding X. Yeah. Yes. Consequential amendment. That's page eighteen. Then you are finished. Oh, okay. With the presentation, then the last one you don't have to show it if you, but if you can, you remember section thirty-three of the bill itself. Uh, Morning, 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 colleagues. Morning, Minister. Yes. Um, okay. I tried, it's okay. I, I think we have got it. I tried to give you two minutes. It's now our time. Mr. Eddie, if I'm correct. Yes. Yeah. Go back to the first one, Eddie. Go back to the report on the Ministerial Advisory Committee. No, no, so, no, no. Old. Old, old. It's now our time of the committee. I've uh, allowed you to three minutes after to process your things uh, since the half past eight. Uh, Mr. Matunz, can we establish if we're members uh, in, in the meeting? Then we, we start with the meeting. Okay, let me just check, check because I was busy with this. I need to go on the list and check. Adam? Yes, Adam? Eddie. Yes, Eddie. Are you able to check members on the on the system? Yes. If you can check and let the chairperson how many members of the committee are there. Sure. Good morning, Brian. Uh, the host was not allowing some members in, so I'm sure by now they should be coming in. Because I had the same challenge. And, no, I was busy with the with the minister, so that's why I was not able to admit members. Five, six. Yeah, we have a quorum. We have a quorum, Eddie. Okay, chairperson. Yeah, because you're busy with the with assisting the minister. Did you accept all members as you are indicating? Yeah, I did accept. Okay. Recording in progress. Can we highlight the agenda, uh, Mr. Matunzi? Okay, just hold on. Adam, are you able to see the agenda? Uh, not yet. It's busy opening. Um, make me co-host, Eddie, so I can admit uh, other participants, please. Oh, okay, no, let, let's first do this. Mm -hmm. Are you able to see the, the agenda? Not, not yet. What's going on here? Uh, if you make me co-host, I can display it. Okay, let me just do that so that no, we, we don't take our time. Adam, just fly the agenda, please. Okay. Can you, uh, the, 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 the agenda is displayed, Chairperson. Thank you very much, uh, 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 Mr. Matonsi and uh, Adams. Good morning to honorable members. Morning to Minister and his uh, team delegation. 
morning to all the stakeholders who are invited to this uh, meeting, the leadership of the IEC and other stakeholders uh, that uh, Mr. Matonsi will uh, highlight when we deal with the item two. I want to start by welcoming all to this important uh, session of the Portfolio Committee. We're going to receive the presentation by the minister on the, present, on the process that uh, was uh, undertaken as a result of the constitutional court judgment in relation to the participation of independent candidates on both the national and the provincial uh, elections. We must take uh, appreciation to the good work that has been put. You know that uh, in our earlier uh, year, we did uh, have consultative uh, meeting, the portfolio committee through advocate Bongo, uh, convene uh, stakeholders to interface and allow the then uh, former minister Valemosa to present the framework in which they're going to undertake and source views. And also want to appreciate the work that the uh, uh, former minister uh, Valemosa and his team has taken to uh, process and consolidate views from all stakeholders to generate this process so far. Minister and the cabinet have now given a framework in terms of how we must move forward in terms of the, in response to this uh, 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 constitutional court uh, uh, judgment. We're going to receive that presentation from the minister. And after that, members, uh, honorable members will interact with the presentation and then we'll outline after then how we're going to move forward given the, the process that we had to undertake uh, in, uh, in, the, in, in parliament. This is the agenda as it's been highlighted. We're only going to have apologies, minister's presentation, comments and questions, response by the minister and the team. And uh, um, item number six will be then closing in a way forward in terms of how we're going to uh, run the, uh, the, the process with, the, with parliament and the, the, the minister and the collective. Mr. Matunz, I'm inviting you to introduce those who are in attendance and invited, if the apologies you must say, uh, indicate, and I'm going to invite the minister to introduce his team who are present to the meeting, and then we'll invite the minister to give a presentation. Mr. Matunzi. You, you, are, you are muted, Mr. Matunzi. I'm sorry. No, I was saying, Chairperson, uh, from members, there's no apology. Uh, I'm assuming all members are in the meeting. Um, and also that uh, there's an apology from the Deputy Minister. That's the only apology that I received. And I also, I wanted to advise members uh, when they speak on the, on the platform, then they should switch on their video where possible because the meeting is being recorded for a delayed broadcast. It's also on YouTube as well. Thanks, Chairperson. Thank you, uh, Mr. Matunzi. I'm inviting Minister to introduce uh, uh, your team and also if there are apologies. Minister, Mr. Thank you very much, Chairperson. 
Thank you, honorable members. Let me acknowledge yourself, chairperson, and members of the committee, and acknowledge the chairperson of the IEC and, and his team, and acknowledge uh, members of the team from the Department of, of Home Affairs. Chairperson, uh, in my team, I've got the Director General of the Department of Home Affairs, Mr. Tommy Makode. He's, he has got a, a, a compliment of, of, of his team from the department. I also have the legal team led by Advocate Bart Lenta. And uh, later on, I'm sure uh, we'll show the, the members, Advocate Bart Lenta, Senior Counsel, Mr. Junior Counsel. They are also here. I want to extend an apology from, <coughs> from Minister Vali Musa, who was supposed to have joined the team, Chairperson. Unfortunately, today is the, uh, uh, an annual of NetLag. As you know, he was doing a lot of works for government. He was also chairing the Presidential Committee on Climate Change, and he's going to give the report to the NetLag together with the deputy president. It's something that was arranged long ago. There was nothing you could do. He said I must extend his apology. Uh, uh, yeah, there we are, uh, Chairperson. Thank you very much. Thank you, uh, Minister, for that uh, acknowledgement. We also have uh, the legal team of, ah. uh, of parliament. Um, uh, you are all welcome members. Um, uh, the community of uh, Home Affairs, as per the acknowledgement of the minister. Minister, we're inviting you to give a, a presentation to the, to the meeting, as we've outlined in our opening remarks. Minister Mzolid. Thank you very much, uh, Chairperson. Thank once more for giving me the opportunity. Uh, Matonzi, can you go to the first presentation? Uh, members, I've, um, I've got three documents for you here, which I have submitted to parliament a week ago. Firstly, is the report of the Ministerial Advisory Committee on Electoral System, the report that was drawn by Minister, Mr. Vali Musa and his team. That is the first document. The second document which I've presented is a memo, a memorandum uh, 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 on electoral amendment bill, because the legal team has prepared a bill, but instead of going through the bill, I'm going through the explanatory memorandum, I'll take you through that. And lastly, on the bill, I'm just going to highlight the very, very last section of the bill, which is section 34. I'm going to highlight something on it. Those are the three documents. Can we start with uh, the, 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 the first uh, document, uh, Eddie, report on the Ministerial Advice Committee on Electoral System Reform. Can we start with, the, with that one? Can you fly it? Yes. Eddie, can you go to page six of that and make the font bigger? Are you able to see it? Yeah, but the font is small and I want you to go. Yeah, it's, no, no, it's not this. Can you make it bigger again?
Okay, let me. Yeah. Page six. Honorable members, I want I just want to rehash something that we went through, but because it's many months, I want to repeat it. Immediately after the constitutional court judgment, if you remember, uh, the portfolio committee uh, called a workshop. And in that workshop, we informed you that we uh, as the minister have appointed a, a task team to help us to navigate through the constitutional court ruling, also help us on options, also help us on the bill. That team was led by a former minister of constitutional development, Vali Musa. The other members of the committee appear there on the screen, Advocate Pensitakula, Advocate Vincent Maleka, Dr. Michael Sutcliffe, Dr. Norman Masuku, Dr. Stembi Sembete, Mr. Norman Duplessis, and Professor Daryl Glazer. Those were members of the team. Now I would like uh, Eddie uh, to move us to page 12 and 13 of the document. Yes. The heading there say Ministerial Advisory Committee Methodology of Process. That's item number three on that page. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Now, honorable members, these members I've just shown here, which committee, I mean, this committee chaired by uh, former Minister Vali Musa, followed a particular methodology to deal with the problem. Firstly, they dealt with the principles. And there are 10 of them, and it's important for me to go through them. The first principle is the principle of inclusivity, whereby it says, where, because our, the values in our constitution, which are enshrined in our constitution, want us to understand the whole population of South Africa, the demographics, the ethnic, racial, and religious diversity. And, and this remains a significant value. Uh, 24, 27 years after apartheid, the principle of including everybody and leaving nobody behind. The second principle is fairness. Uh, fairness means the system must provide one person, one vote of equal value. No other person's vote is, is more important than the others. Then the principle of simplicity, which I also want to listen to very carefully. Can you move over to simplicity, please? Yes meaning a balloting process that must be understood and reduce incidence of spoiled ballot papers and also contribute to the credibility of the elections. You are aware in the past elections, the IEC announced not a lot of spoiled papers. Can members meet uh, chairperson? Um, sorry, Minister Mutalich. Uh, Members, can we, we mute so that we don't disrupt the uh, the presentation? Uh, thank yes. you, Minister. Thank you. The, the principle of simplicity, that whatever method you come up with, it must be so simple that it reduces spoiled papers. And then the issue of accountability. Accountability being defined as the obligation of those with power or authority to explain their 
performance or justify their decisions. Uh, then the issue of gender equality. Gender equality, you are aware, is a principle that we've been working very hard as a country, even internationally, to try and, and acquire. And that's why even United Nations at some stage played South Africa as one of the top countries when it comes to issue of gender equality, meaning allowing uh, uh, women specifically to, to, to occupy certain positions in society, which you know before 1994 was very difficult. Now we are saying because of the checks and balances that we, 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 we have put up since democracy, we must not come up with anything that will reverse the gains of gender equality. It must always be there. Then proportionality. Proportionality is something that is imposed upon us by the constitution. Section 41, 46, sorry, 46, subsection 1D of the constitution dealing with the National Assembly and section 105, subsection 1, subsection D of the constitution dealing with a provincial legislature said, whatever you do in terms of uh, 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 putting up systems to acquire seeds in both the National Assembly and provincial legislature, it must end up in an overall principle of proportionality. So whatever new method we come with, that proportionality must be there. Then there must be a, the principle of effective participation of independence, meaning whatever we do, we must not pay lip service to independence. They must participate effectively like anybody else. Then genuine choice, the public must be given a choice between political parties and individual. Then effectiveness, effectiveness uh, uh, chairperson is a very, very important principle at the key of all this because we can have an electoral system if it is not effective, meaning if the ballot paper is so tedious that uh, we cannot run an effective election, then it's a wait of time. And the last principle there, the principle of effectiveness, Ed, you are not showing on the screen after yeah, effectiveness. Uh, you have passed it very fast. Yes, effectiveness is given the likelihood of a high number of independent candidates for both the national and provincial levels. The electoral system should have the ability to generate a manageable number of candidates through an inbuilt threshold of candidate nomination. And I'm going to come to that later. Without that inbuilt threshold, there will be no effectiveness in our system. The last one is legitimacy. That whatever electoral system or whatever decision we, we, we come across must gain significant support from, I mean, must gain support from significant sectors of the population. It must not be seen as flawed or unfair by a large uh, uh, <coughs> number of people in the population. Then can we move over a to item 3 1? Oh no, I've just passed that. Three, two, sorry, yes. Review of documents, yes, three, two, yes. Review of relevant documents. The Ministerial Advisory Committee, uh, uh, Honorable Chair, went through uh, several processes, including reviewing documents. And I'm putting on the screen the documents that were so reviewed. 
Firstly, the South African Constitution. Secondly, presentation of Home Affairs Committee of Parliament. This was the presentation which uh, the committee did at the workshop, which I spoke about immediately after the constitutional court judgment. Then there's a private members bill, the electoral law second amendment bill, which uh, in brackets we say is a code bill because it was submitted by Honorable Terra Laporta, a member of code. Then the judgment itself, they went through the judgment with a coup, the judgment of new, new nation movement versus president of South Africa and others. And uh, from there, they looked at the electoral task team report of Fanzis Labet. You may remember that there was a process in 2002, which reported in 2003 to parliament, uh, which was chaired by uh, Fanzis Labet to look at electoral reforms. That document was, was, was studied. And then another document was the 2017 report of the high level panel uh, uh, on the assessment of key legislation and the acceleration of fundamental change. If you remember that uh, uh, team was chaired by uh, former president Khalema Mutlanti. And then home affairs submissions on the electoral system reform. You may remember that we submitted this to the portfolio committee where the Home Affairs Department studied electoral system in 15 countries around the world, including five on the African continent. That document was also looked at. Then follows the issue of public consultation. That is on 3380. Yes, 33, yes. A map consulted with key stakeholders will be directly and indirectly affected by the outcome of the exercise. Uh, there's a detailed report at the end of this uh, volume Musa report that shows uh, political parties that were consulted, civil society organization, organized business, organized labor, academia, both local and external, research, outfits and think tanks, faith-based organization. They are there uh, on an annex. I don't have to repeat them in order to save time, but all those were uh, 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 consulted. Can we move over uh, to page 15? Yes. Now, during the consultation, uh, there was an overview of the emerging electoral system options. This just uh, uh, deals with the perspectives of stakeholders. Some of them say, no, we need Fanzay's Labet. Others say, no, we need constituencies. Others say, no, let's keep what we are having. There were lots of things that uh, 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 were perspectives of members. But what, what I want to show you, which is very important, is on page 17, uh, after number B, on page 17. Yes. Now, I want to show you that all said and done, after looking at the perspective of stakeholders during consultation, uh, the committee says the submissions to the committee, that's highlighted there in green, the submissions to the committee on multi-member constituency systems included many variations, often without defining details, and a common theme did not emerge. The committee want to emphasize that they did not necessarily get any common theme which was emerging from stakeholder participation. 
because stakeholders were as varied in their views as the way the number of uh, stakeholders. Uh, so can we then, having, having said so, what then did the committee do? Can AD go back to page seven on the options? Having no emerging consensus, what did uh, the committee decide? The committee then decided. to come up with options. Can you move back to page seven? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> now the options on page seven were two because the committee itself did not agree on any one option, just like the stakeholders were not necessarily coming with something that there was imaging consensus. The committee too, this is not surprising. You remember that in 2003, the Fanzais Lab report also did not come up with any particular imaging consensus. Uh, there were two views. Even on this committee, there were two views, which are called option one and option two. They say my majority and minority. Uh, that's how they put them. But members of this committee were eight, and one of them abstained. Uh, from putting their view forward because the eighth member is a member of the IEC and she did not want to show any option in case because the IEC must remain independent, but the member was there to strengthen the committee. So, so there were two groups, as it says. The first option by the first uh, group is what is called the slightly modified multi-member constituency or MMC which stakeholders refer to as the minimalist option. This option entails modifying the existing multi-member electoral system to accommodate independent candidates in the national and provincial elections without many changes in the legislation. Those in favor of this option believe that it does not interfere with the constitutionality required general proportionality principle and is the best option for ensuring inclusiveness, gender representation, simplicity, and fairness uh, uh, for independence. Now, the second one, option two, uh, is called a mixed member model incorporating single member constituency. This option entails combining the first past the post proportional representation, making it a mixed member proportional system, resembling the current local government election system, albeit with some improvements. In other words, in this option two, you are going to have two systems. The first one is first past the post, more or less like what is done in, in, in countries like England, where during every election, every corner of the country is part of a constituency and one person stands in that constituency and is called first past the post because whoever is number one, regardless of the number of votes they got, as long as they are number one, they are the ones who comes in. It's also called the winner takes all. So it is in option two, they say we must do that option. It involves electing MPs from 200 single member constituencies and the remainder from a single national multi-member constituency, meaning we have to divide the country into 200 different constituencies, which up to now 
do not exist. It means we must start them from the beginning and start dividing each and every corner into constituency back to back. Thus, voters will vote for a single MP to represent them in the single member constituency. That is their first vote. And for a party to represent them in the single national multi-member constituency based on, compete, com, uh, on competing for closed party list. And that is their second vote. Those people who favor this option also believe that it does not interfere with the constitutionally required general proportionality, which I said earlier on. And they also believe it's the best option for ensuring inclusiveness, gender presentation, simplicity, and fairness for independence. Having looked at and studied all these two systems, the Department of Home Affairs went to cabinet and recommended to the cabinet to accept option one. And cabinet uh, debated it on two occasions in a cabinet committee and also in the main cabinet itself, and finally released the documents to parliament with option one as the option. And that's what I'm going to be presenting to you. But as you know, as members of parliament, you have got two options there, you can look at them. But for our purposes, we thought uh, option one will, will better suit the situation as it is in South Africa. Now, I want to leave this document, you will go and study it, and then go to the memo, which was prepared by the legal team led by senior counsel, uh, Butlenta. Can you go to it, Eddie? Yes. Uh, start right from the beginning. Yeah, that memo, instead of, yeah, it, it's, it's trying to avoid us having to go through the bill section by section. We are aware that members of parliament are going to do so. Every bill that is passed into law in parliament, you go through it section by section, but that's not what I'm going to do. Can you move over? I want to show members of the, of, of the team there. No, can you move up? Yes. There, uh, Stephen Butlander, senior counsel is the lead of the team, junior counsel, Salon Mangani, and I, I saw her name on the screen, uh, Michel Dibier Mfundo Salukazana. This is the team which finalized this document, which was presented to parliament on the 25th of November. Can you move over to page, uh, page four? Page four, section 11. That's where I want to start my, this. the others are just really introduction. Now, the first thing the, 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 the committee want to emphasize that the, the judgment, the constitutional court judgment make it, makes it very clear and is on section 15 of the judgment, but is section 11 of this memo. It made it very clear that uh, as to which electoral system better affords the electorate accountability, it's not a subject of this court judgment because that is paternity of parliament. Uh, the pros and cons of these or other systems are best left to parliament, which in terms of section 461A and 4015A uh, of the constitution has the mandate to prescribe an electoral system. In other words, it's only parliament, not a court of law that can prescribe an electoral system and say the court makes it very clear that uh, they are not going to do that, parliament will decide. But uh, the court emphasizes on section 12, 
uh, if you go to number 12, that whatever we do, it must end up in proportionality, as mentioned in the Constitution. Can we move over to section uh, 13, item 13, on the same page, yes. Item 13 says we should also emphasize that while the details of the electoral systems are left to Parliament, in addition to the requirement mentioned above, any electoral system must satisfy a minimum threshold of constitutional rationality. What it means is that a required rational connection between a scheme adopted by Parliament and the achievement of the legitimate government purposes uh, must be struck. Can we move over to item uh, Yeah, page five, item number 15. Now the minimalist option which I spoken about, which we said is the one on which the bill is based. The minimalist option entails modifying the existing multi-member electoral system to accommodate independent candidates in the national and provincial elections without many changes in the legislation, including and not interfering with the constitutionality required general proportionality. Now, how are we going to do that? In other words, if we choose this minimalist option as we have done, uh, uh, how then do we implement it? How do we make sure that independents do participate in election, but without uh, 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 interfering with proportionality? Uh, the understanding of that is when you go over to, to page, I mean, to item 17. Item 17 reminds you that the National Assembly has got 400 seats. We're just reminding you. These seats are divided into two. The first 100 seats are called regional seats. That means we have got candidates sitting in parliament who were elected in regions who only competed with people in the same region. And those regions obviously are called provinces. And that type of list is called province to national list. That is the first one, as you know. The second one are 200 seats, which in the present lingua we call national to national list where political parties compile lists of their members, 200 of them, and send them to parliament. Now, in this new model, we want to call that compensatory seats. That means after having seats, 200 seats from regions, you compensate with another 200, which are coming from uh, political parties. Now, in respect of the 200 uh, regional seats, it actually shows uh, how the seats are going to be contested there. Now, in order for you to understand, the model says uh, we take each region or province, and I, I want to use the, the word region from now onwards. I won't use province because there are also provincial legislatures. They'll confuse you. We'll call it a region, but in essence, a region is the present province. In that region, we take the region as a constituency, as one constituency, but it does not have only one member contesting there. It's many members, multi-member constituencies. In other words, many seats in that particular region will be contested. 
by both independents and political parties as to how many seats uh, they, they, they'll be contesting, how many seats in each region. That will be determined by the IEC using the population of that particular region, which at the present moment is a province. And then every independent and every political party member will contest for those seats in that region. Whoever reaches the quarter of a number of seats, which I'll demonstrate to you later, then will go to national parliament. That is the first the first manner in which people will come to parliament. The second manner, as I've said, will be the 200 compensatory seats. Now, in order to make it easy for you, I'll move over uh, 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 to item number 22. Or maybe let me start with 20.2, 20.2 20 because it's very important. Uh, I want to explain something here that is very important, yes. As with 200 regional seats for the National Assembly, an independent candidate will be elected if they meet a relevant quota for seats. That means a certain quota for seats will, will be determined and say, if you reach this quota, you now get one seat. Now, the problem is, once an independent candidate has secured a seat, any additional votes they receive will be discarded and a new quarter will be determined. If we say to get a seat in a particular region, you need to have 10 votes and you acquire 30 votes. It means the 10 votes will give you a seat and the other 20 votes will be discarded, unfortunately. This is one issue that's going to be debated a lot. And if I go to 22, 22, uh, yes, item number 22 there, it says, we know that in virtually any system of this sort, there's always the occurrence of what might be termed wasted votes. In other words, whatever you do in this type of system, once you use it, there will be the concept of wasted votes. And they are giving an example there, which I've already given with 10 and 30 but they are giving it with 50,000 votes and 40,000 votes. So I'll leave that one and go to 22.2. It says whatever you do, even if you discard, you discard uh, votes, it is still permissible in terms of the constitution. There's nothing unconstitutional about it. Now on 22.3, the authors are warning that while it is not currently part of South Africa's current system of national and provincial elections, Wasted or lost votes are a common feature of many other electoral systems, including single-member constituency systems, which I've mentioned earlier on, uh, the first past the post. All those systems around the world, there are votes that are, are, are said to be wasted because they are not going to be counted. But it says on page 22.5, I mean on item 22.5, if candidate X considered that she will get so many votes that they'll cover two seats, then that person must form a political party uh, to run uh, for multiple seats rather than running for a single seat as an independent. The argument there is that uh, some people will argue that why do we waste votes for independence? If the independent can acquire more than one seat through their votes, why can they not give in those number of seats? 
The argument here is that if you acquire or you want to acquire a more seats, then you form a political party because it's political parties that get more than one seat, not independence. Uh, now, in order to minimize these independent votes, we are going to item number 23 there. In order to reduce the extent of wasted votes, uh, the team is proposing that the seats be allocated in three rounds, three different rounds, which are defined on item 23.2, and 23.4. They are outlining the three rounds of allocating seats. Now, let me not go through those items, but move over to item number 25 of a hypothetical election. In other words, rather than just uh, uh, mentioning abstract things to you, I want to do it practically and demonstrate it practically, which is on page 10 of that document, is written hypothetical. Yes, yes. Can you go uh, to... Uh, 26, yes, it starts with 26. This hypothetical election was taken from Gauteng legislature in 2019. We are using the Gauteng legislature, I mean region, Gauteng region as a demonstration, but we want to demonstrate with what happened in the Gauteng legislature in 2019. In essence, the Gauteng legislature got 78 seats at that time. As you all know, since 1999, they've been having 78 seats, but we want to use 80 seats to make the demonstration easier and the calculation easier. So those who know uh, their story must not say I'm making a mistake. We are choosing 80 seats, even if we are choosing Gauteng to demonstrate. During that particular year, there were 4,400,000 votes cast in Gauteng. Now in this method we are using, let's, let's go to the table there on, on, on item number 28. After the 4,400,000 votes were cast, Party A got 2,400,000 votes. Party B got 1,445,000 uh, votes. Party C got only 146,000 votes. Party D got 48,000. But independent number one got 220,000 seats. Independent number two, 57,000. Independent number three, 54,000. Independent number four, 20,000. Independent number five, 10,000. So there the, the are independents here who got even more than political parties. They got more than political party uh, 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 D and C, uh, as you can see there. Now, how do we allocate seats in the first round with, those, with that result? We move to item 29. We go to the first round. If you look at the bill, which has been submitted to parliament, schedule 1A item 20 of the bill will outline this, but I'm going to explain it. Eddie, can you move it upwards so that we are at item 29? Yes. Now, schedule 1A item 20 of the bill is going to define this. How then do we allocate the seats? Firstly, we said there are 80 seats. Secondly, there are 4,400,000 votes. So what is the quarter of seats that will make you, I mean, of votes that will make you get a seat? Well, if you divide 80,000 into 4,400,000, you get 55,000 votes. 
which means to acquire a seat in the first round, you need to obtain 55,000 votes. And so if we have to do that now, I, I want to mention it up front. The first round is for independence. Sorry, I nearly left that important fact. The first round is for independence and independence only. No political party is going to get a seat in the first round. We are giving an opportunity to independence for very obvious reasons to be able to enter parliament. So we start by giving them the seats. And as I've, I've shown there, dividing 80 seats into 4,400,000 votes will give you 55,000 votes. So any independent that gets 55,000 votes will get a seat in lieu of those 55,000 votes. As you can see from our, the table that we've showed, independent number one got 220,000 votes. That is one seat. Independent number two got 57,000 votes. That is also one seat because uh, it's 2,000 votes more than uh, the quarter of seats. So that is round number one. The other independents did not reach 55,000, so they get nothing. We now move to round number two. It is on, uh, Eddie, it is on section, uh, on item 30, yes. That is the second round, can it, yeah, take it upwards, yes. That is the second round. If you look at the bill, schedule 1A item 21 in the bill outlines this. Uh, as you have already seen, independent one and independent two have already received their seats. So their votes are discarded. In other words, their total votes are taken out because they've already acquired a seat. You can't acquire more seats with votes that they've already acquired a seat. So you discard them. In other words, you discard 220,000 votes and 57 of, of, of independent one and 57,000 votes of independent two. You discard them. You now remain no longer with 4,400,000, but you remain with 4,123,000. These are the votes that are left when the two independents get their seats and move away. But you don't only do that. You also discard the seats, the two seats that have already been taken. So you are left with 78 seats, meaning what? You are left with 4,123,000 votes and 78 seats. So you have to determine a new quarter. And a new quarter will be determined by dividing those 78 seats, remaining seats, into 4,123,000 votes, it gives you 52,854 votes, meaning the new quarter now, after independent one and two go away with their votes and their seat, the new quarter to get the seat is 52,858 votes. As you go to the table now on 30.5, you realize that independent number three also get a seat because he has got 54,000 votes and the quota for a seat is only 52,858. So that one gets a seat. Independent number four gets nothing. Even in the first round, they got nothing. Even in the second round, they still get nothing. Independent number five also get nothing. Then we move to the third round. The third round, which is shown on item 31. That round is now for political parties. That means all independents go away with their votes, with whatever number of seats they obtained, they go away, they leave political parties to settle their scores now. 
Now, in, if the, vote, uh, the independent must go away with their votes, when you add the votes of all independents, not only independent one, two, three, including even four and five who obtained no seats, but when you calculate their votes, they will number 361,000. You subtract all those because no political party got those votes. They belong to independents, whether they won a seat or not. So, so you, you are now, you now subtract them. You remain with 4,039,000 votes there. The 4,039,000 votes are votes that were cast for political parties, and they are votes with which political parties must get a seat. But when you look at the seats that were taken, you realize that there are three for independent one, two, and three. Each one got the seat. So you are remaining with 77 seats, which means then the political parties are fighting for 77 seats, no longer for 80 seats as it was in round one. Now, the method used there to calculate the seat is called the Drew Quarter. There are many methods. These are mathematical methods. There are many methods used internationally. One is called Imperial Quarter. The other is Harare Quarter. This one is Drew the troop method is the one that IEC is using at the present moment. You might not be aware of it, but that's how votes have been calculated since uh, the dawn of democracy, uh, since IEC came into being, I mean to say. Uh, and so there are 77 seats there, but we are not saying 77 dividing into the number of votes. We are saying 77 plus one, because it's the troop quarter which must ensure proportionality. Now, using that group quarter, how do political parties get their seats? Look at the table there. Eddie, can you move to table 31.5? Yes. Look at the table. Party A got 2,400 votes. It gets 45.75 seats. Party B got 1,445,000. It gets 27 seats. Party C got 148. It gets two seats. Party D got only 48,000 it gets 0.91 seats. Now, if you calculate all those seats I've shown, you realize that there are 74 seats, which means there are three seats that are surplus. How then do you allocate them? You allocate them there on 31.7 using the droop quarter method. I don't want to repeat it, but using the droop quarter, you come to section 31.8. You realize that party A then gets 46 seats, it got one more seat after the calculation because of the droop quarter, because it got the highest number of seats. And then party B will get 27, party C will get three, party D will get one. That is what the droop method uh, uh, produces. So the final tally is on section 32, as you can see on that table, where party A now has got 46 seats, party B, 20. Can you move to that table, 32 AD? Yes, that is the total number of seats with party C getting three, in, uh, party D one, independent uh, uh, one getting one, 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 and then the last two independent getting nothing. That is the total tally in this method of allocation of seats. And so the seats are allocated. They, those people all go, all go to parliament. Party A will send 46, party B 27, party C three from that particular region. Then you'll go to the other region and do the same calculation, obviously. And then, uh, so can I move over to qualifications? 
to run any, as an independent candidate. Now, earlier on, we spoke about effectiveness of our system. Now, we can't just say any human being, and I'm not undermining human being or South Africans, but you can't just say any one of them can be a candidate. There has to be qualifying criteria. The qualifying criteria are determined on item number 35. We're asking parliament to adopt the following criteria on item number 35. There are three of them. Number one is residential qualification. Before an independent candidate can stand for election, that person in that particular region must have a residential address, must be coming from there so that you don't have people standing all over the place and in many places. Number two is voter support. How many people support you as an independent candidate? Of the registered voters, how many will second your name to appear on the voter's roll? If it doesn't appear there, uh, 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 then you are not even coming in. In the party I belong to, when we nominate people from branches, certain number of branches must second your name, if you are nominated from the floor in a, a, a list conference, certain number of, of, of delegates there must also second you. So uh, the same principle is used here that in any constituency, the person who is going to stand as an independent must demonstrate that they've got support. And the last is, is monetary deposit. A certain amount of money must, 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 uh, must be paid to the IEC for you to qualify. Now, on page 37, we want to demonstrate that uh, the IEC will be the one which is charged to determine this criteria. In other words, the IEC will determine how many seconders your, a person needs in order to appear on the ballot box. They will also determine the amount of money. We are doing this to avoid putting it on the bill. Because if we put it on the bill, when circumstances change, we'll have to go to parliament to amend the bill to meet the changed circumstances. Uh, 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 colleagues, this has already happened before. You'll remember that when the Electoral Act was enacted, Act number 73 in 1978, the act that makes us go for provincial and national election. When it was enacted, a mistake happened whereby it set seats in provinces will be allocated on the 31st of March, 1999, because we're preparing for 1999 elections and it was put in the bill. When population changed, for instance, the population of Gauteng more than doubled, nobody could change those seats. Gauteng still remained with 78 seats because we needed to go and, and uh, amend and act first. Now that is no longer the case because you know last year, an electoral laws amendment bill was put in parliament when we're dealing with the issues of addresses from the constitutional court. We also amended this part and said IEC will determine the number of seats in each province before each and every election. We are doing the same thing here. I'm now moving to something a little bit uh, 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 complex and maybe some may say is controversial, but I'm putting it in front of you. It's my duty to do so. That is on item number 38. We know that in each and every election, there are members of political parties who follow the processes of nomination in their parties. At the end of the process, if they don't do very well, 
they leave that party and stand as an independent uh, 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 and leave that political party. Now, this is a problem around the whole world, which is using the same system. When we studied the 15 countries, which I mentioned earlier, and five of them from the African uh, continent, we were interested in something that happened in Kenya, the Kenya Elections Act 42 of 2011. It states that you are not going to be an independent unless you have not been a member of a political party three months prior to that particular election. In other words, if you want to stand as an independent, that must be determined three months before. You don't pull your party along, go with their processes. When at the end you don't make it, you dump your party and you become an independent. That's what they have done in Kenya. We are putting it here for you, for your uh, uh, consideration. But there are people who believe it might be suitable in Kenya. In South Africa, it might not be in terms of our constitution because our constitution is different. But nevertheless, we thought we will put it here for you as political leaders and members of parliament to debate it and decide on what you must do. The last but one issue which I want to present is the possibility of independent candidates being elected to the National Council of Provinces. If you look at the constitution of the Republic, particularly section 60 of the constitution, it outlines how people go to NCOP, section 60 of the Constitution of the Republic. It provides that people go to NCOP in two ways. After the election, none of them has been elected, remember. They are appointed by their parties and provinces. There are four special delegates who are appointed by a province and they go there. And six permanent delegates. And the numbers here are determined via the, the strength of the vote for each political party. But the, national, the, the provincial legislature will determine who goes to NCOP. Now, if that is the case, if an independent has been elected in a particular region or province, how then do you send them to NCOP because their vote were in the province? If you send them as a permanent delegate, it will then mean that they must leave their seat where they are elected and they leave it empty, which means there is suddenly a vacancy even before parliament starts. If you send them as special delegates, maybe if the province agreed to include that independent, but as permanent delegates, it's a little bit complex. And it is thought by the team that the only way is on uh, 44, item 44, I want to read it as it is. The constitution therefore does not require or permit independent candidates to sit in the NCOP, only an amendment to the constitution as opposed to an amendment of the electoral act could achieve this. The team is arguing that if we want independence to go to NCOP like any other a member of a political party, then the constitution must be amended. Not only the electoral act must be amended, but you must amend the constitution. That is the argument and it needs to be debated thoroughly. I know very well that legal eagles will start debating this matter, but that's the conclusion we've arrived at, that the court judgment itself does not say anything about independent. The allocation of seats, to, I mean, does not say anything about independence in the NCOP. The allocation of seats itself doesn't say anything 
about independence because it's a new area and we believe the question will have to be amended unless somebody comes up with something else. Then the issue of consequential amendments. You are aware that in April, we have just passed the party funding act, act number six of 2018, the funding act. If you look at the funding act, it clearly say funding of political parties. You can even check section 236 of the constitution. It says uh, in its own 40, 8.1. Can you go to 48.18? That is section 236 of the Constitution. It says to enhance multi-party democracy, national legislation must provide for the funding of political parties participating in the national and provincial legislature on an equitable and proportional basis. It clearly says political parties. So if we must come up with legislation that must include independence, we have got to amend that uh, 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 party funding act, uh, chairperson. And at the moment, we have asked the team to try and come up with a bill that will amend the political funding act. We did not submit it to parliament. It's still, uh, 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 it's still being prepared. There, uh, and, and once it's ready, parliament will decide whether we amend in this bill that I said I've sent to parliament or we determine a new bill on political funding that we leave in the hands of parliament to decide. The last issue I want to mention, Chairperson, as I said earlier, is on the bill itself. The last section of the bill, which is not on the screen, but the section 34, it deals with vacancies. What happens when an independent candidate who is now in parliament vacate their seats, either through natural attrition, retirement, death, or just resigns for whatever personal reasons and leave a vacancy. When a vacancy is left for a political party, we know what we do. We have always filled those vacancies in parliament. But what happened to an independent? Normally in the local government elections, a what candidates who vacate their seats, we go for a by-election. Now here, if we adopt this minimalist approach, we set the, 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 the region or a whole province is a constituency. Now it means the whole province must go for by-elections. How many by-elections at the province-wide scale are we going to have if we are going to have to replace independent? So as far as the team is concerned, we don't have any practical method of replacing an independent who leaves parliament and it might be that the option is that this is left until the next election. Unless members of parliament argue that come what may, we must go for by election, in which case then we must be ready to go for provincial elections, maybe every year or every few months, depending on when independence leave. Chairperson, thank you very much. I need to stop there. Thank you. A draft bill to the portfolio committee. I'm informed that uh, we have a, also a visiting member, um, Honorable Huon. We, you are welcome to the uh, uh, to the meeting. I'm going to request members uh, to interact with the uh, presentation um, that has been uh, just been presented by the uh, minister. 
I'm sure members may want to be at, uh, attempted to interact with the, the IEC uh, in this meeting. I must caution that uh, they are being invited for uh, uh, not as participants. Will then get a, a thorough uh, a brief in terms of their approach once uh, uh, the processes has been engaged by by Parliament and what uh, the IC takes uh, from that point. So I must just caution members uh, not to attempt to uh, to invite questions for for the for the IC. We're going to request. Uh, in this order, uh, Mr. Matonzi will also highlight if the other members who are joined the portfolio committee who want to be uh, to participate. I'm going to invite uh, Honorable uh, Juan, uh, Honorable Khwase, Honorable uh, Tito, Honorable Lizel, Honorable Mulekwa, um, Veteran Lekota, um, Honorable Mudise uh, um, Honorable Ross and uh, Honorable Pile. Uh, that will be in order of our uh, engagement. Then we'll then invite uh, the minister to comment on the issues members might have raised and we'll then um, outline a, a process forward uh, in terms of how we're going to, um, to interact uh, with the, the, the areas that uh, the minister has raised. In that order, Honorable Juan. Yeah, thank you, Chairperson, and good morning to all colleagues. Chair, as a visitor, as you pointed out, I've given some comments through to my colleague, the Honorable Ruiz, and therefore I will yield to him so that I don't burden this committee with my inputs. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We thought, uh, thank you very much for your contribution. Um, Honorable Lokwase. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Chairperson, I want to start by acknowledging the presentation made by the minister and should really say that it was informative and detailed. I do not have much to say on the presentation, as I'm saying, Chair, that it was detailed. But also as the committee, we should note that we were given 24 months as parliament. And from today, we only have at least six months to deal with what was recommended by the Constitutional Court Chair. Thank you very much for the detailed presentation. Thank you. Honorable, thank you very much, Honorable Jose. Honorable Tito. Okay, thank you. Uh, maybe she's struggling with the network. Honorable Lizel, Co-Chair. Thank you very much, uh, Chairperson. Good morning to you and good morning to the Minister, his team and all our colleagues. Um, firstly, let me also just um, thank the Minister and his team for the presentation. I think a lot of work has gone into this presentation and uh, also maybe a word of thanks to the Ministerial Task Team. Um, Chairperson, what worries me, however, is the timeframes that we are left with. Um, if we return to Parliament in February next year, we will only have four months left to finalize this amendment bill. And what worries me is that we still have to embark on national public hearings, um, because I don't think we can finalize this process without consulting um, our constituencies and the people that we represent in parliament, because ultimately it is them that should be deciding on what changes they would like to see to the electoral system. So 
that would be my first concern um, is the timeframes that we've got left. Of course, um, I think um, from a political party point of view, even though I did discuss the, the two options briefly with, with my caucus yesterday, I think we will take these uh, presentations back to our caucuses um, and then, you know, it will be our parties that will give us direction in terms of whether they prefer the minimalist or the majority report. But to just ask a couple of questions, the minister said, uh, it's just a question of clarity. The minister said that cabinet debated the issue twice and then decided that the electoral amendment bill should be based on the uh, minority report or the minimalist option. And maybe he can just share with us what, what were the reasons why cabinet decided on, on this option. Um, I would like to ask if we go with the minority report, may it not be possibly deemed unconstitutional later because independent candidates will not be able to contest or win seats on, seats on those 200 national to national list um, because they'll be limited to the province to national list. Um, on the same issue, the minister did address the issue of wasted votes. I heard what he said that this is actually prevalent all over the world um, and that surplus votes are discarded. But I think we could face a challenge here as well when people will argue that the equal value of votes are being undermined. And then I want to know if the minister can give me his opinion. I think, <laughs> I think we might face some backlash from the public in, in, in that we are going, we're making very small changes or, or very minimum changes to, to what people were hoping. Uh, you know, people are often saying that members of parliament are not accountable to the people that vote for them. So now we are taking a very minimalist approach, whereas I think the public at large were hoping for a complete overall of the electoral system. So that is also a concern of mine. Um, you did tell us we, we cannot engage with the IEC, but at a later stage, I would also like to hear from them on how they think we should approach the issue of registration fees for independence. Um, and then I think I will leave it there. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Zell, for your contributions. Honorable Mulekwa. Thank you very much, uh, Chairperson. Let me also uh, start by appreciating the presentation as presented by Honorable Minister, which, has, which was more comprehensive and informative. I think the presentation has covered most of the critical issues. Uh, and have allayed fears in most of the people uh, because they were skeptical around the issue of the uh, presentation before. And I think it has answered many questions, uh, Chairperson. Honorable Chairperson, I don't have any question, but you welcome the presentation or the progress report on the electoral amendment as presented by the minister but also want a clarity because maybe I, did, I could not capture well on the presentation when the minister was explaining. Uh, I just want the minister maybe to clarify me on the issue of when the party X or independent got so much vote and they allocated uh, their seat and there are still remaining votes for that party X. What will happen with those remaining votes, Chairperson? Thank you. Thank you. 
you know, ask uh, members to mute because we're, we're being disrupted. Um, thank you. Also, President Deputa. <clears throat> uh, thank you, Chairperson. Uh, Chairperson, I, I am very concerned about the process we are following. It's not clear to me, first of all, what process was followed to bring this proposal here. Much earlier on, I approached the Speaker's office and submitted what I consider to have been a thoroughly worked out proposal so that uh, it gives us time to all consider this matter. Now there is extremely limited time. It's only now we are now given a minority report. Chairperson, many of us spent years and years of our lives, both in the country, in the prisons, in exile, and all of that, pursuing the provision in the, in the uh, Freedom Charter that the people shall govern. But what this presentation does, as far as I'm concerned now, is that we are asked to consider the smallest, the minority report, not a report that gives us space, something which apartheid denied us, space to consider this widely with sufficient time, which I think the Constitutional Court gave us ample time to consider this matter extensively so that South Africans can really benefit from the proposal that was presented to this country at the Congress of the People in 1955. Why are we so extremely limited? And to, to consider very limited, small little bits and pieces, we are here presented with uh, information that suggests that large numbers of people, whatever they vote, will be cut off and only a small number will be able to benefit from the votes that they get from the people. These votes that we are going to throw away, I don't care what the other countries of the world are doing, but when it comes to the people of South Africa, why do we want to throw away so many votes of so many South Africans of whom generations have struggled so that there can be justice in this land? This, we, we must go back to the drawing board if need be, or go back to the Constitutional Court to say, we have not gotten the opportunity that we should have gotten to consider the amendment of the present electoral act. The reason we want this a, a, a present electoral act amended is because it denies, it denies so many of us the right to stand for our rights, to stand for elections and so on. Now, when ultimately we have gone the long route to the Constitutional Court, even that opportunity is denied us 
What process was followed to determine that we must only consider the mini, this uh, minority report? We have wanted this ever since the constitution was drafted and written and accepted. Ever since section 18 and 19 were, 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 were written into the constitution. We have been crying about this and we are still crying about it. I want to hold, uh, what's the status of your book? And, and by the way, yes, I still have to have an explanation. Why is it the, the, the bill we took to, to parliament, the Congress of the People took to parliament, I took it there myself. It's never been presented to the people of South, South Africa to consider it. Why is it not presented to the people? So that our people, the people of South Africa, can consider that and decide whether they want it or not. Thank you, sir. Thank you, uh, uh, Veteran Lakota, for your uh, contributions. Honorable Mudisemta. <clears throat> Thank you so much, uh, Chairperson. Um, let me also appreciate the presentation that has been provided to us by the minister, <clears throat> but lastly appreciate the efforts and the work that the MAC team has done in putting together this proposal and, and providing us with possible options to remedy the defects that were identified by the Constitutional Court. We note that uh, the Concord would have provided limited um, solutions or, or, or provisions with regard to the certain or specific items uh, 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 for these amendments to deal with. And we appreciate the work that has been done by the team because they made it possible uh, 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 for us to be able to We're losing you, um, Honorable Modisemza. Honorable Modisemza, we're losing you. Okay, let's invite the uh, Honorable There's a network uh, problem, uh, challenges. Honorable Ross. Honorable yeah, Ross. Chair, can you hear me clearly? Proceed, Honorable Ross. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Chair, and uh, to the Minister for this presentation. Um, as Honorable Lechwasi has highlighted, uh, we have six months to go until the June 2022 Constitutional Court deadline. Um, and although this is being positioned as two options, uh, we only have one draft bill that speaks to the judgment, um, but ignores calls uh, made two decades ago in the Fonsal Slabbert report and by the majority in the MAC report. Um, and and the, the common denominator in both of those reports is the, the, the public call for direct accountability. And it gives the appearance that, that, that the ANC government is trying to avoid direct accountability by putting us in a position where we are squeezed towards this minimalist approach because of a, um, a time factor, because it took nine months for this report to come out when we could have just looked at Van Sal Slabbert. And I think the people of South Africa who we represent are going to be disappointed 
um, about this false option that we've been being presented with. And so, Chair, you know, I think uh, we were advised um, some time back that when we looked at the timelines, that the 9th of October was the cutoff uh, for the shortest time we have to process a bill. So we're already two months behind the shortest time that we were advised that we have to process the bill. Uh, because we need to bear in mind, it's not just about processing the bill by the constitutional court deadline, but the IEC needs the opportunity to implement that legislation. And they can only start implementing it after that bill is enacted. And so we as parliament, we need to urgently understand what the most optimal mechanism is um, to ensure not only that this constitutional deadline is met, uh, but that the IEC has sufficient time to implement uh, the new system. Now, Chair, the you know, question for Home Affairs and you know, how, how this was uh, considered, um, if, if we are to have a geographic constituencies, um, you know, I think we just need a bit more information to understand the way forward. Um, so if you look at the Municipal Demarcation Board, um, they will not be able to deal with the demarcation of constituencies without significant legislative amendments um, to its own regulatory legislation. Um, and furthermore, the process and criteria that will be used to demarcate constituencies uh, will be vital in two aspects. So firstly, it's to properly and fairly enable the participation of independence. Um, it will not make sense to lump together into one constituency different communities um, with vastly different characteristics and needs. Um, so if one accepts that the whole idea is that independence will be community-based um, candidates, that the meaningful participation of independence can be prevented um, through the way in which the demarcation is being done, specifically it's, if it's a province. Um, and the second reason why demarcation is key is that in a system where no single party obtains a strong majority of votes nationally, um, which if you look at the trend uh, over the last number of elections is a real possibility, um, then this gerrymandering, which has been uh, alluded to in the documentation um, from a party that fails to win the popular majority, um, can lead to a party winning more, more constituencies than the number of MPs it's entitled to. Um, and this will uh, defeat the constitutional requirement of proportionality. So my question is, how will this be prevented? Um, and what are the plans around demarcation um, should uh, Parliament decide that is the route to go? Uh, secondly, Chair, how will option two work if half of the MPLs um, are also to be elected from constituencies, uh, which in the smaller provinces will mean that the same constituency boundaries cannot be used to elect MPs and MPLs? Um, and then, Chairperson, finally, I think we need to understand um, why was the conventional approach not have followed, uh, whereby the Department requests the Speaker of Parliament to introduce the bill and the State Law Advisor to start the tagging process. So that is why was the bill changed to be for information rather than consideration? Um, is this not causing additional delays um, in an already very late bill? Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Ross. We input, Honorable Okay, Honorable Pile. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Chairperson. Chair, uh, firstly, I just want to um, raise on, on something that's very important to me. And, I'm, and I didn't want to interrupt uh, veteran Lakota, but I'm not sure if you picked up, Chairperson, that um, while he was presenting and speaking, that there was somebody else with him uh, in the room and was actually um, giving him pointers to raise. Now, I think that is um seriously irresponsible uh 
for a member to be doing that uh, while on a uh, meeting. Um, secondly, uh, Chairperson, I, I want to congratulate and applaud um, the minister and the team and all of the, the persons that were responsible for um, drafting this, um, also the committee that was set up. I think we've come a long way. We've made progress. Uh, and it's important for us to appreciate the work that has been done. Um, and now it, it, it really takes you down to, to the real work. I think ultimately, Chairperson, what is important is that everything that we do has to have reference to our constitution and also that we attain free and fair processes. And I think that for me ultimately means that we are living in a democracy that allows for, for that process. So for us to be able to accommodate this and for us to be able to include this uh, makes perfect sense in terms of, of free and fair elections. So for me, Chairperson, I just want to applaud that. Um, I don't have any questions at this stage uh, because the process must then unfold. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable uh, Pile, for your contributions. Um, I'm not sure if there's still a member who want to contribute. Uh, I've tried to uh, invite uh, Honorable Tito. I think she has a problem with the network. And Honorable Mudisimta. Minister, I'm going to invite you to reflect on the uh, issues that were raised by, by, by members. And uh, we'll also take some of the issues uh, um, that we were, were raised, uh, which were dealt with by the committee collectively, um, uh, so that we don't uh, um, establish new narrative, that narratives that uh, will uh, defocus uh, the work that we are, we are engaging on uh, and that we will engage on uh, uh, to meet the constitutional court uh, deadline. So Minister, you're invited to uh, respond or comment on some of the issues or all the issues in the main that members have raised. Minister Mzolidi. You're, you're muted, Minister. Sorry, sorry, Chairperson. Let me disabuse the committee from some of the issues that they are thinking. For instance, it is generally believed that uh, we should implement the Fanzin's Labet report. This presentation we've put here today is a big improvement on the Fanzin's Labet report because the Fanzin's Labet report of 2002 is a 31-page report. In that whole report, I've never seen, and unless somebody can correct me, and I'll apologize for that, I've never seen the word independent mentioned. The, the, there was no intention to have independence and contest elections under that report. The thing it brought along was the issue of constituencies. Those constituencies, if you look carefully at the Fanzi's Labet report, those constituencies were going to be contested by political parties not independence. And I just want to bring that up front because there are many people who believe uh, 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 that the, the issue of uh, being elected, I mean, of independence being elected is something that is being ignored. Even the Halema Mutlandi report is talking about uh, 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 <clears throat> accountability to the voters. 
where people are selected directly by voters, but they still come from political parties. The issue of independence came as a result of the constitutional court judgment, which insisted that no matter what we do, you must accommodate independence. And we're trying to do so. Now, the power lies with members to interact with these reports practically. And perhaps they will start appreciating why we arrived at the conclusion that we arrived at. But after all, parliament is allowed to arrive at its uh, 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 first uh, 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 at its own conclusion. Uh, Lizelle van der Merve is right about the concerns of time, but there was no way we were going to uh, 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 just rush this process and, and bring here half-cooked work. We have had to do lots and lots of workshops as we started with the workshop in parliament. We had to consider a lot of papers, which I've shown here, uh, uh, the documents that the the, uh, 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 the committee under Mahom uh, uh, Valim Musa read, they had to read lots and lots of course, uh, uh, documents, including international ones. We didn't just arrive here uh, uh, just after one night. It took many months of work. And yes, of course, we have lost time. We are leaving it to parliament to decide uh, 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 what, what must happen. The reasons for the minimalist approach, when I said the matter was discussed in cabinet twice, is because Matters of this nature, bills and, and policies and white papers and yellow papers and all that, they usually are debated in cabinet committees where there's a lot of time. They are not debated in parliament, in cabinet. It's cabinet committees, a particular cabinet committee which goes on. It might be a joint cabinet committee, but they debate these issues. And after a thorough debate, a week later, it's presented to, 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 to cabinet as a decision. Now this one, the president himself said, no, he wanted to debate it twice by the cabinet committee, which was given this job, but also by the full cabinet itself because of the nature of this thing and the manner in which it won consultation. We in home affairs are not averse to going to the public to consult. This, this is a very serious matter which needs widespread consultation. But I also want to disabuse members to keep on saying minority report. There were eight people here. There were eight people. And as I said, one, uh, 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 one of them abstained. So it was not that the committee was working on the basis of a referendum. They were working on the basis of practical facts, which we have looked at, and we are putting the practical facts in front of you. And we particularly happy that the committee did not come out with one option. They gave us options to choose from. And we in Home Affairs choose a particular option and present it to cabinet. If parliament believe they are changing that option, it should not be war. It should be something that is considered with facts, which is debated, and will be able to debate and show you why we arrived at this. Uh, Honorable Lizelle, you also mentioned something which I want to call your attention to. You said we might be taken up legally when independent candidates won't contest for the remaining 200 seats because they will have contested only in a region. I want to assure you that even if you choose option two, it will come to the same. Option two say we divide the country into constituencies, 200 of them. 
and a member of a political party or an independent will stand in one of those 200 constituencies around the whole country. But the second list, it says, are people who come straight from political parties in proportion. Now, in those people who come with proportion, on proportion, independents will still not participate. So whether you choose option one or option two, in terms of participation on independence, on the compensatory list of 200, they will still not be able to, unfortunately. And uh, uh, the, com- the team, the Valimusa team, did not give us any third option where they will. So I just wanted to emphasize that, that whether you choose option one, minimalist, or option two, independence won't participate in the compensatory list because that one is only for political parties in real uh, practical terms. Now, Honorable Ruos, you are right. At the present moment in our legislation, is the municipal demarcation board that demarcates uh, 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 the country into what I mean into uh, 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 into various constituencies for for the sake of local government elections? Uh, they demarcate municipalities. They demarcate wards. They they demarcate metros, etc., etc. Et that came through legislation. If we must go to option two. We must go back to change the legislation or decide in an amended legislation that the municipal demarcation board can also demarcate the country for the purpose of national elections. I'm sure you must be aware of that. There's no other way of dividing the country constituencies without having an act of parliament that that provides for that because the present demarcation board will not be able to do that. Then the issue of the process, in our disparate bid to try and save time, we brought these uh, colleagues to the, what you call, uh, to parliament because the state law advisor's office is still busy giving us a certificate and a legal advice on this matter as they always do. They may do so by the end of this week, but we were told that uh, the bill can still be submitted even if parliament is no longer, uh, what you call, even if, uh, uh, Parliament has gone on recess. We can still uh, present the document. We are all we're all chasing time to believe that we're giving ample time. Is because people did not know what we have got to go through, what we had to study, what workshops we have had to hold, how many experts we have to call, and all that. The Mohammed Valley Musa report is giving that, showing that even with public consultation, there was no clear emerging consensus. I read that which is on page 17 of that report. So the issues are not as easy as members uh, 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 would like uh, 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 to believe. Mm. The public want a complete overhaul of the electoral system, yes. When you go to to public consultation, you'll actually uh, uh, look into that. Honorable Lukota might have forgotten uh, the processes, I just want to remind you. Firstly, that when we had a workshop, this committee to which he also belonged, decided that the bill which he submitted, together with the one submit, I mean the proposal, policy proposal submitted the Home Affairs, together with whatever will come, must be taken over and be given to the Valim uh, Musa uh, 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 task team. So they went through all those things. I've read the documents which they had to go through. 
and the submissions which were made to the task team. If you not necessarily see what we have submitted in the task team, it's not because it was ignored. There was an agreement that we take everything, package them together, and we give them to the team to study them. Because that is the team that went in, in depth into exactly what we have finally arrived at. Uh, so, so it's not that the, the deal that was submitted by Honorable Lukota was ignored. It was definitely looked into and, and the, uh, 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 the final decision was taken over by the Valley Musa report. But as I'm saying, it is the job of parliament to look at all possibilities, especially when you do public hearings and you will hear exactly what the public is saying. But I, I want to finish uh, colleagues by saying, take these documents, go to them practically and see exactly what some of the difficulties are. For instance, this debate about vacancies for, for, for independence is a real thing. If anybody has got some wisdom here on giving us an answer, and I'm wondering nobody commented about this, please advise us. On the issue of votes that get thrown away, Honorable Geta says he doesn't care what the rest of the world do. Please give us something that is wise, which the world never saw, that when you come to constituency politics, no vote is thrown away. In what, what I mean, in what elections? People win votes with very minimal votes and the rest of the votes are not counted. And, and that's why in the document, and I've said it, and it was said by the legal team, that this type of things happens all over the world. It has never happened in our country. That's why it makes us angry. Perhaps we can give a solution to the world. Come up with something that is wise, honorable God, and say, we don't want any vote to be thrown away. And this is the formula. And this is what is done. And teach the whole world to change what they've been practicing over ages. But up to so far, the systems we have studied, and I said 15 of them around the whole world, none of them was able to find out any solution to this issue of lost vote. It is something that is, uh, goes hand in glove with uh, this type of electoral system. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, uh, Minister, for your uh, comments and responses. Can I establish if members have followed up on, the, um, on any matter that they could not contribute or the issues that the Minister has raised? Can I establish members? Okay. Thank you very much, uh, Minister, for uh, your uh, uh, time and the, and the team and the work that has been uh, uh, work done. We must indicate that as a committee, we took a collective uh, position to monitor and uh, observe the interaction that you have undertaken by appointing the former minister Valemusa, and also to interact with the uh, cabinet process and, and also to allow that space of thank you for that uh, 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 work, uh, well done. Collective of the committee members are worrying about time, but it's necessary. So, that a thorough work committee members when we go out for consultation 
are able to have an interaction with the report that has been added in the technique of having a, 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 a proper output is for um, a thorough consultation with the stakeholders and our people who have put um, us as a public rep um, so that we're able to get a final product in terms of the options that uh, you, have, you have outlined. This meeting is not going to uh, resolve on these two options that you uh, uh, presented. I think clarity must be uh, uh, properly outlined that uh, once this uh, bill has been satisfied, all the uh, processes will then be taken to the public to interact, come back to the committee, uh, go to, to, to parliament and at that point, the team of the uh, 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 former minister Valmosa and the legal team for the for the work that they've contributed. On the on on the issues is now up to the members of the parliament, and the minister to take up the process uh, forward. As they've been indicated, members is for noting. We're waiting for the, the chief state uh, uh, law to uh, finish us with the certification on a legal uh, opinion, so that the minister will able to introduce the bill in the in, in parliament. We're rising as parliament. Uh, and that does not mean that the bill is not going to be introduced uh, uh, to Parliament for interaction. We're taking note of the issues that the uh, veteran reporter has raised in terms of his uh, uh, private member's bill, and I'm advised that uh, it's going to be uh, uh, it, it has been interacted with by the committee. It was presented in a committee for noting, subjected to the consultation which will convene the workshop to be noting and also subjected to the process that the minister has outlined in terms of consultation process and sorting um, uh, advisory on how we must consolidate uh, uh, this uh, uh, response to the constant court judgment uh, process. We'll schedule uh, this uh, process in uh, January 2021, uh, once the committee and the legal team of parliament, once they've they receive the, the, the process from the certification of opinion, will then able to develop a roadmap in terms of how we're going to interact for public uh, participation and attempt to meet the deadline of the constitutional uh, 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 court judgment. We are, we are resolved that we have to meet the constitutional uh, court uh, uh, judgment deadline and will then be informed by the process and the roadmap that has been given. You are going to take this uh, uh, conversation of the presentation, as Honorable Lizel has indicated, to your uh, 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 constituencies, uh, the parties, and the stakeholders for a proper interaction and able to interface with the two options that have been, have been outlined. In that, on, on, on that note, we are going to uh, end the, uh, uh, the, the, the meeting. And we thank the minister for uh, uh, taking time uh, with all the uh, team that uh, you had um, uh, uh, appointed to assist in the cabinet to able to give us a draft that will able to with uh, our people, uh, our people of, uh, of South Africa. And as we depend 
and consolidate our our democracy. I want to end uh, this meeting and thank everybody. Chairperson, Chairperson, I'm sorry. There was an issue of minutes. If we are going to adopt them on the agenda, we're trying to end the the item, uh, Mr. Matonzi, and we invite you. I want to thank members uh, for their contribution to the uh, to these issues, and we are resolved that we'll take it back to our constituency platforms and interact and get proper guidance on how we're going to interact with our people and come back to the committee for the matter to be considered and be subjected to the parliamentary uh, process. We're standing off uh, this item. Thank you, uh, Minister and your team, and the IEC chairperson and your team, and all stakeholders invited. Yes, chairperson. Yeah, I, I was saying, no, I did send set of minutes to members for uh, adoption for today. So if we can go through them and then we adopt them. Okay, can we release the, uh, the minister and the team and the, all those who have been invited? Okay, Chair. Thank you. Thank you, Chairperson. If you released us. Yes, we're, we're, we're requesting a, a, a leave. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. Matunzi? Eddie, um, Eddie, I'll share okay. the minutes. I'll, I'll share the minutes. Oh, you share the minutes. Okay, no, it's fine. Uh, um, can, I, can I confirm before, uh, Mr. Matunzi, with members? If they've received the minutes and the item we're going to deal with, so that we are properly um, uh, guided uh, by <coughs> members. Members, Mr. Molegua, Sir Honorable Molegua, Honorable Ross. Uh, thank you, Chair. Yes, uh, did receive the minutes. Um, and Chair, I don't, I don't have really a concern with any any of the minutes. Okay. Honourable um, uh, Lise? I'm also happy, Chairperson. I've gone through them, no problems on my side. Okay. Honourable um, Mulegwa? Thank you, Chairperson. I'm sorry, I have to with problem. <coughs> okay. Honourable Mujisem, um, I have received chair. Thanks so much. Um, Honorable uh, Pile. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Honorable. Uh, Adams, sorry, Mr. Adams and uh, Mr. Matunzi, that is the, the attitude uh, towards the appreciation of the minutes that has been circulated to members. Um, how do you want us to run them? Chairperson, uh, I'm thinking that since most members receive the minutes, they don't have problems. Adam can just share the, each minute and then we can just immediately adopt, unless if there's anything that a member will want to change, so that it will be quicker. 
Okay. It appears members I've read through the minutes and they, they, are, they are happy with the minutes. Um, uh, we, we may do that process, uh, but if something comes up, you, you can, we can amend with the, so we can adopt on amendments if there needs to be correction on the, on, on the menu. But I think I'm getting a sense that members are, um, uh, uh, are fine with the, with the minutes. Okay, so then, Chairperson, um, we have the, the minutes of the July, 30 July 2021. We just need a mover and uh, um, in a, an adopter and a seconder. Okay. C can I establish, uh, Adam, so that we don't keep members? Or, or How many minutes would you have? There are seven, ten. Ten minutes, no? Now... Do is it is it correct to note all of them and adopt all of them at once, or we need to do it uh, as permanent? Chairperson, I'll, I'll suggest that you no, know, it, it just opens, and then if there's no change, then we like this one. We just ask for a mover and and, and, and a second, and then we we'll go to the next one. Okay, no, thank you. We don't have to go page by page. Thank you very much. Uh, there's a minute here, members, 30 July 2021, uh, for consideration. Honorable Seconder. Second that, uh, honorable, uh, uh, the second was honorable Lizard and honorable uh, Mulekwa. How do you reconcile that, Eddie? Okay, I'll just indicate the two of them. Okay. The second minute? Of 7 September, 2021. 7 I'll move for the adoption, Chairperson. Honorable Lizard, co-chair, move for the adoption, second. Would you say second? Third minute. 10 September 2021. 10 September 2021. Mover for adoption. I move, Chair. I will move for adoption. Seconder to the motion. I second, Chair. Honorable, this is just second. Minutes five, 24, cast 2021. Mover for adoption. Modis and moves. moves. Seconder to the mover. Molekwa, seconder, Chairperson. Molekwa, second. Minutes six, 17, August 2021. Honorable Lokwase moves for the seconder to the mover of adoption. Where's Honorable Rose? Malikwa seconded, Chairperson. Honorable Malikwa second to the adopt for the adoption. 
7, 9 November 2021. Can I you... move, Jay. Honorable Mudisimza, move for adoption second. It's minutes number seven, yeah. Honorable Kwase, second for the adoption on minutes number nine. 23 November 2021. Chair, I move for the adoption. Honorable Kwase, move for the adoption. I will second, Chairperson. Honorable Lizel, second for the second for minutes number nine. The last minutes, 8 November 2021. Oh, there's one more chairperson, sorry. Oh, it's 11 minutes. Yeah. 8 2021. Mulekwa move for the adoption. Second. Mulekwa uh, second second. And then, is this the last one, Adams? Yes, sir. Um, honorable. Uh, oh, sorry. The last minutes. Move of adoption. Uh, Chair, I move for adoption. Honorable Boss, move for the adoption. Mulekwa second that chairperson. No, Mulekwa second for adoption. So the minutes are uh, adopted uh, by the committee. Yes, uh, Mr. Adams and Mr. Matonsi, uh, the mean uh, we've now adopted all the all the, the minutes uh, for for the committee. Um, there's uh, two issues, Mr. Matonsi. I'm sure you want to uh, liaise with the committee, um, or you'll subject them to the uh, menco. One is on the program of the committee uh, for uh, next year. And uh, um, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that is the last meeting of the committee today. Yes, sir. You will highlight that. Um, the members will, will comment, then we will we'll, we'll close. Last week, we were presenting the report of a, a government a, a printing works um, and we're listening carefully to all of us who contributed uh, to the debate. We <clears throat> must make sure that uh, the issues that were raised by all members, uh, we, Mr. Matonzi, you must able to get them to uh, with the Adams, craft uh, them because it will assist us to strengthen the oversight work and accountability in the government. Uh, uh, it does not necessarily assist yes. uh, to uh, to lament without uh, action. So we must 
get all the issues that we were raised by all the members and I must appreciate uh, for the uh, for the contribution and the the collective uh, work you have done in adopting that uh, 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 report all of us as the as a, a report of the of, 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 of the committee. Mr. Matunzi? Eddie, you're muted. Chairperson, I did a, a draft program. Um, I'm not sure if I should try to find it and then share it, or maybe you want me to send it to members. The draft program for next year. Okay, Let, let's agree that We'll, we'll deal with it here to uh, members before we send it for uh, uh, pro processing. But one area which I think you you must consider is the uh, report of the elect, uh, IEC uh, on the local government election 2021. That is one critical uh, item we must deal with. Secondly, we need to process the message that was just received now. Uh, the presentation. Um, we must follow up the 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 home affairs. You know that there are processes which are are yet to be uh, submitted to Parliament, so that the bill is, is being introduced uh, by the by the minister. So that we, we, we attempt to to work closer closer within the time frame that uh, we've been we've been uh, uh, allocated. I think I'm getting members that they're worried about the uh, time. Everyone is worried about time. But I think it was a necessary work uh, that was done. So let's work around the clock, uh, Mr. Matunz and Mr. Adam, to make sure that uh, we prioritize uh, uh, these two processes. So once we have discussed about the the um, program, uh, Mr. Matunz in Menko, you must try to convene it this week uh, on the roadmap uh, uh, on the electoral uh, process, the consultation, this and that. We'll send to uh, to, to to members and then we'll interact from there. Members, is there any other matter that you need to, uh, to, to raise so that it's considered by Menko or uh, Mr. Matonsi for processing? Um, because this is our last uh, uh, portfolio committee meeting, uh, but we're rising on, uh, on, uh, on Friday. Um, and I want to thank you, uh, members, for the collective work we've been engaging. And we hope that we'll also start the new 2021 within the framework of representing our people and serving our people and conducting our oversight to the entities who have been allocated as the portfolio committee. Can I start with the Honorable Ross, Honorable Molekwa, Honorable Lizelle, Honorable Chile? Honorable Lukwase, Honorable Lukota, Honorable Mudisemta, in that order. Honorable Ross. Thank you, Chairperson. Um, first of all, I would just like to extend uh, uh, my Christmas wish, uh, which is to receive the accessibility model. So I hope you're still receiving the accessibility model um, over the next week. Um, so that I can have some nice uh, holiday reading to do. Um, but then, Chairperson, please uh, allow me on behalf of the Democratic Alliance um, to wish my colleagues in this committee um, a very blessed, uh, blessed festive season. I think it might be busy for some of us with the borders. They, they always throw up a bit of a 
surprise for us. And so really enjoy the family time that you can. Um, and really, Chair, I think many of us have had a very hard year, um, have either uh, suffered from COVID or lost family members this year. Um, and so really, I, I just, uh, you know, our wishes is that, you know, all members will be blessed with the family that they have, that they can really appreciate them and come out in the new year um, full of energy and uh, fighting spirit. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Ross. Honorable Malikwa. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Let me also take this opportunity to thank you as the Chairperson for steering the ship. Uh, we have learned more from you, Chairperson. And we also want to thank you for your patience, as always. We hope that as a particular community, we are ready <clears throat> for the congestion as the border gate as we are approaching festive season. We wish you all well, the chairperson, minister, and the team, and all members of the popular committee for being supportive as always. Thank you, chairperson. Thank you very much, Honorable Lizelle. Yeah, thank you very much, chairperson. May I also just thank you as our chairperson, you have really steered the ship very well. Um, so thank you always for, for being fair and accommodating to all of us. And I would like to wish all my colleagues a very safe and happy Christmas period. Um, hope it's a time that you'll be able to relax, but I think we should also be mindful that we need to do oversight over this period at the various home affairs offices. And then, yes, Chairperson, I'm, I'm, I'm worried about the timeframes for next year in terms of how we will accommodate public hearings. Um, but I, I hope that we will be able to be mindful that you know time is not on our side next year and that we will have to move with speed. But that being said, um, I wish you and your family and all our colleagues all the best. Stay safe and uh, until we meet next year. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Lizelle. Uh, Honorable Veteran Lakota. Uh, okay, uh, Chairperson, may I add my voice uh, to the voice of the other members of the committee? We have uh, uh, gone through a very difficult year in which South Africans have lost very many uh, people through the coronavirus. And uh, many of us in parliament, in political parties, we've lost many people, valuable people. Uh, the most recent being that of Ibrahim, Ibrahim, with whom we saw years and years together on, on Robben Island in the first cabinet of the country, and somebody who was extremely dedicated uh, to the people of our country, uh, and so many others uh, that one cannot uh, uh, mention at this time. But I want to thank also all of you uh, in the committee, uh, with the dedication, uh, the uh, consistency with which uh, everyone has uh, performed. Thank you very, very much. May I wish you the best of Christmas, and uh, please come back energized. Uh, continue to... Um, Keep your masks on and uh, uh, wash your hands. Please don't forget all of that. I know it's a tiring process, but it needs to be done uh, for all of us to survive. Thank you. Thank you, uh, veteran uh, Lukota, Honorable Lopasa. Thank you very much, Chair. Let me also follow you to say to honorable members, Thanks for the time given and each and every lesson that we learned and the tolerance that we have amongst each other, despite the political uh, 
as uh, affiliation, our political affiliations. And chair one would not be fair by not acknowledging your tolerance as well and your leadership in taking us through as the committee. And after saying that one will expect all of us to be back to this portfolio committee next year, doing what we are expected to do as representatives of our communities, Chair. And also say, I wish everybody in this committee well, and they must enjoy their holidays. Hope to see you all again next year. Thank you. Thank you very much, Honorable uh, Honorable Pile. Honorable Mudisimta. Thanks, Chair. Let me firstly wish each and every member of this committee a blissful and a joyous festive season. Also, would like to wish everyone good health. We know that with the COVID-19 pandemic, many of us would have suffered, would have lost our loved ones uh, due to it. And we want to wish everyone well. And please uh, keep safe uh, uh, during the festive season. Chair, let me also appreciate and thank the commitment of all the members uh, of this committee that they would have displayed. Indeed, it's been a, a, a very long and tough uh, year, but we have prevailed as, as a committee. So I want to appreciate uh, each and every one's members' participation and, and dedication to the work of this committee. We know that we come from dif different political parties, but the, the attitude uh, and tolerance and patience and respect that would have displayed towards each other as members of this committee is very commendable. I want to wish everyone a very blissful, a just a festive season. And let me thank you also, Chair. I think members would have also uh, 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 indicated uh, how we appreciate your, your, your guidance and your leadership, Chair. I think you have stayed this uh, uh, ship uh, uh, very well. Thank you so much, everyone. No, thanks, uh, uh, members, uh, the, for your appreciation uh, and thanking yourselves because we all work as a collective. Uh, we have uh, learned lessons of uh, um, able to interact with the members uh, while continuing with the work displayed, good work displayed by advocate uh, Bongo uh, Thomas when he was chairing the, the committee. Um, so those ethical consultation with yourselves, uh, we ought to maintain to save our people. I want to thank uh, Mr. Matonzi uh, for always um, abling to assist uh, the committee sitting um, uh, is because of your efforts that were able to run uh, uh, the, the committee. Thanks, uh, Mr. Adams, uh, for the information uh, and the guidance. Uh, though sometimes uh, we fight, they know uh, Mr. Matonzi and the Adams that we, we've on the site, we do have uh, fights, but I must thank for your understanding. Uh, and Mr. Shongwani, for your understanding and the contributions uh, you, you, you are making uh, with the, the team research unit. We must extend appreciation to uh, Nandipa, uh, uh, always being with us, uh, 
even where we're doing, uh, we're not cooperating. She tried by all means uh, to make sure that we we cooperate. But thank you very much uh, for making do- making sure that we're comfortable at all time when we conduct uh, our oversight and everything that we, we, we do. Thanks very much, Muzi, to be in the meeting and uh, uh, Zondi, uh, both the PO of a uh, uh, parliamentary uh, of the DM and the, and the minister and the team of the minister. Uh, you must extend our appreciations to uh, minister, the DM and the DG and the entire component. Um, the parliamentary staff uh, uh, for always guiding uh, the, the committee. We can only uh, manage the issues and able to be within the framework of the constitutional through yourselves, the legal team of the uh, uh, department uh, for always assisting us uh, to deal with the, uh, no, sorry, of the of parliament. When we're dealing with this subject uh, of the electoral uh, 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 concord judgment uh, throughout the, uh, the year. The chair and the uh, team content advice were always interacting with the, with, with the, uh, with the legal uh, advisors. And at all times, they've been available. Uh, whatever time we call them, they've able to assist the, the committee and we interact with the, with the Home Affairs. Uh, hence, uh, today we've managed to bring uh, the, this matter to the, uh, uh, to the, to the, to the committee. Want to extend the appreciation to uh, Soazi, who at uh, all times assist with the notes uh, 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 of uh, the chair and uh, 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 Adams. Mulepo, our communication team, and the communication team of parliament, we thank you for always uh, uh, being with us and communicating issues that are resolved by the committee uh, collectively. Uh, to communicate to our, our people. You are right, members, it's December. Part of our work is to be alert on the, on the borders. They've, they were been here two weeks ago or three weeks ago. The new commissioner have presented a f- perfect framework in terms of how we want to mitigate some of the issues we have uh, observed in the previous uh, border issues. Uh, so we must keep alert, share notes amongst ourselves but also able to complement and assist uh, where possible in this festival. I also want to join uh, uh, to wish you a festive uh, good uh, Christmas. There's been a hectic year. Veteran, you're correct. We've lost friends, family, members of parliaments from all uh, political parties, um, extended members of the community in our constituencies. We must continue to uh, pay respect to them. But Central must continue to fight against uh, the gender-based violence. Uh, uh, we must go and assist, communicate awareness around this uh, call of the gender-based uh, uh, violence. We must also gear up uh, on the, to fight against this coronavirus. Uh, uh, the three areas highlighted protect ourselves and we'll, we'll come back. Thanks very much, Mr. Matonsi. If you have a matter to present, uh, you can quickly do that. Then we we close uh, the meeting. If there's oh, no okay. any other, if you have announcement, so just share. It's a request on the on the program, uh, the committee program for next year. If we 
if I'm allowed to uh, circulate among members so that they can give us the input, because the House Chair's Office wants the progress by, by close of business tomorrow. I know that you mentioned that we needed to have a, a, a Menko meeting. Okay, uh, do, do, do you have a draft there? Just highlight it. Uh, I don't think members will have a problem. Just a draft so that when... Yeah, let, me, let me check if I'm able to find it. Just take five minutes, members, so that you... We input on with just hold on. Honorable Russ. Uh, Eddie, I think I found it. I can I can share it. I share it, uh, Honorable. Also, let me see if I can. Are you? Oh no 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 no! This is the different. Yeah, yeah, just share it, uh, Adam. I don't know why I have. Yes, members, this is a, a draft program for next year. Yeah, yeah. First February. Yes, can I, go, can I go through it, Chairperson? The, 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 the first term will start on the 25th of January until the 1st of April, uh, 2022. Then uh, on the 1st uh, of February, we, we're thinking that you now we will deal with the uh, the private members bill that was submitted by Mr. Lkota. In that bill, we need to uh, to decide whether the committee will continue with the with the bill or not, you know, to do the motion of desirability. And then the, on the 8th of February, we, we just put that one because we're not sure of uh, the bill that the minister has just presented, whether it will have been introduced or not. But at the same time, we're going to do a legislative program on the bill once it is a, 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 a table in parliament. That will be on the nine, on the 8th. And then on the 10th is the sauna by the president. And then 15 uh, February, briefing by the department. Yeah, we, 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 we were supposed to to have received the first and second quarter uh, performance and, and expenditure reports for the Department of Home Affairs. We have added, because we have moved it to next year to have this meeting today, we have added the third quarter. So in other words, on the 15th of February, we are going to get the first, second and third quarter performance of the department for 2021-22 financial year. And then... Um, because the president will have done the sauna on the 10th, then the researcher and the content advisor will be able to uh, brief the committee on the impact of sauna on the work of the committee and that of the department. Then the 22nd of February is the, the report that the minister, you know, established a committee to review uh, payments within the department from 2022. 2004, and then also the report on the issue of the review at the DPW on the loss of CVs and, and also uh, the issue of financial uh, data loss and also the, the investigation that was conducted by the, the OCS against the, uh, the chief executive officer. Then on the on a Wednesday, which is uh, 23 February, that will be the budget speech. Then on the 1st of March, and then uh, we are, the, 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 the department, IEC, and government printing works based on the budget speech. 
that will have been then they will brief us on their budget allocation for 2022-2023 and then uh, on the 8th of march then it will be an update on outstanding committee recommendation on vitriol and vitriol by the department 15 march uh, is the issue of shepherd's bushiri how we explain you remember uh, we, when last year we engaged with the minister and then there was some investigation that were going to be done by the security cluster and uh, subsequent to that there were officials within the department who were suspended so we want to get an update on that as well then uh, 22 march is the implementation of the one-stop border post at bay bridge lipombo maseru fitzberg and oshuk post of entry and the implementation of the e-visa then the last meeting yeah these reports these two reports were referred to, to to the committee uh i think last year and then uh, the office of institution supporting democrats they want us to just receive a, a briefing on them they were done by the commission for gender equality so yeah those are would be our last meeting uh on the first term on the on the first term so i know chairperson you 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 mentioned the issue of the report on the electoral uh no, election i'm sorry so we, we, you know chair we will be monitoring because i won't won't know because the iec mentioned uh early next year so i will have to communicate with the with the iec on when that report will be a uh, table in parliament so that we can schedule it because if you look at this program it's uh, like a living document so in other words we, we we can change it as time goes on uh to include you know uh agent matters so once the iec table the report and then we'll be able to schedule it chairperson thanks that's all okay th th thanks members this is the is the draft program matons mr matons we must put the iec report on the program okay uh, it can be by the way we have resolved as a committee that uh, remember there were a lot of issues came out in our last meeting when they were presenting their annual report and there's a resolve by the committee that we're going to that, uh, uh, on the dates as a as a matter of principle the second okay. matter on the uh, the roadmap on the uh, electoral uh, uh, reform for consultation and so forth and so on you must draft that must align it must align with the uh, uh, the dates that you have been we've been put there once you have drafted that you will send you will send uh, in menco then will then after that circulate to uh, 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 to members it must indicate uh, we must work backwards from the 22nd of uh, june uh, backwards in terms of uh, how we're going to deal with this uh, with this uh, with this matter you must interface with the museum uh, must assist us to be on the tour with the dg and the minister on the chief uh, law advisor uh, on the certification and other processes uh, before it will be appreciated that before we before the 15th of december this year all the processes and the minister has introduced the bill uh, to uh, 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 to parliament considering that the committee will 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 deal with the with 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 the issues now 
we, we, we need to prioritize issues that are critical uh, for, uh, uh, for the, uh, for the, uh, for the community and our, our people. Um, there was a point process at some point, Mr. Matons, that we either meeting on Tuesday and, and Friday. You may need to consider that, or in one meeting, we can take a, 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 a two items. You know that this report of the investigation of this, uh, uh, what you call a uh, day by GPW, uh, which I see here you have uh, indicated that. Members, can we just in indicate uh, uh, some of the issues that you think they must consider? Then they'll send us the final product. Honorable Ross? Uh, thank you, Jay. Uh, on, on first glance, um, we're quite happy with this. I think the one thing that we need to keep pushing is the, uh, the war on queues. Um, so I, I would recommend that some, sometime towards the end of that term that we have an update on that. Um, because I think in the previous financial year, we'd been given the indication there was a two-year project, and then it turned around that it wasn't really going so well. Um, and I think it's such a critical issue that we need to, at, at least once a quarter, um, have that discussion and make sure that everything is on track. Okay. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Lohwasa. Thank you very much, Chair. I think everything is in order. But I request that AG finds a space where we can deal with tracking our resolutions that have been taken to say whether we're making progress or not, what have been resolved on and what have not been resolved on and what needs to be followed up. Thank you, Chair. Okay, thank you, Honorable Muleko. Thank you very much, Chairperson. I don't have comment. I made with the program, with the amendment that has been made. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Pile. Chair, for me, it's the elections which should be priority. A report on the local government elections, and then perhaps a, a specific look at uh, the smart offices. Remember, we've requested that we get an update in terms of smart offices and where we are and how we're going to proceed. Thank you. Okay, veteran Lukuta. Oh, sorry. No, I, I, I don't have anything to add, Chair. I think I benefited a lot from what uh, colleagues have uh, indicated. Thank you very much indeed. Okay, thank you. Honorable Tito, if you're back. Yeah. Honorable okay. um, Mutise, and then we close the item. Mutise, Thanks, Chair. Thanks, Chair. Um, I think the committee would have also resolved that at the earliest uh, uh, convenient time, we need to do an oversight on the BMA. We know that in the past few weeks, we would have received a, a briefing with regard to that. So I don't see a reflection of, of the uh, oversight with regard to BMA on the program. Also, Chair, uh, uh, we would also want to look into the GPW, as you would have uh, responded, taking into consideration the, the past uh, ages report. Uh, so we also need to, to deal with that. So those are the two issues that I think in the first quarter also needs to be highlighted. Okay. Thank you. Chairperson. 
Yes, yes, I will listen. Yeah, I wanted to say maybe there where we, um, I wanted to just uh, concur that I think when we asked the minister to come and speak to us about the Shepherd Bashiri case, that we also, because it deals with immigration issues, that we then also get a briefing from the BMA and from the immigration unit, and as well as the work of the interministerial task team on uh, the issues pertaining to the employment of foreign nationals in certain sectors, because work is, un, you know, is, is, is being done there. So we need to uh, maybe include it in that item. Um, and I wanted to support Honourable Lewis on the war of Q, on queues, but I see it's been um, included there on the 22nd of March. But otherwise, I'm happy. Okay, Mr. Matons, on two issues, you, you need to write a letter to the interim leadership uh, that deals with the quotas of uh, employment. I think the task team led by Aaron, um, Minister Mzoli and Minister Nguesi, act with the chair of the Labour, um, so that we'll, we process, propose you have a joint meeting, a committee meeting to get a detailed brief. And I think all the comments that have been raised here, let's include them and we'll uh, then uh, uh, submit it to uh, members in consideration. I don't think there's any other matter, Adams and uh, Matunsi. Members have contributed their issues. Uh, and then you'll then once you have consolidated, you'll, uh, uh, including the uh, issues of the war on queues, the oversight, uh, the smart offices uh, that uh, have been, uh, and I think also they will come clearly on the uh, what Honorable Lukas has raised, uh, tracking of uh, our work. Uh, you, you, you may raise it to the department to assist us with the responses. So that when you report, you report on the responses based on what you have asked the department in terms of following up. Mr. Matunzi, I'm sure we're, we're done now. Yeah, yeah, we're done. I just need some clarity, Chairperson, in regard to, to the oversight. One is that uh, if we're going to be having a bill before us, you know, the Electoral Act, it would be difficult to, 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 to have that oversight approved because they give priority to processing legislation. Uh, secondly, I just wanted clarity from Memo Dizer in regard to oversight to BMA, because as far as I know, uh, is the commissioner and is the commissioner, the two deputy commissioners uh, possible and some support staff there. So I just want the clarity, if we say oversight, where should we be going? Uh, because I'm not sure if they've started, you know, in terms of the, in the borders, uh, or except you no know, uh, coming up with some uh, some some directions and how are they going to implement it? No, no, Mr. Matunz, uh, I think let's close it at that point. Uh, we've been oversight to the borders of, over time. Uh, I'm not sure why we are asking that question. No, no, she, she, she said the BMA, so I was a bit confused to, yeah, to conduct oversight to BMA. I'm assisting you to understand, to simplify uh, the, the input. I wanted, I don't want us to uh, we'll deal with that part, but I'm saying uh, the matter of uh, oversight as per what they've uh, uh, presented to the uh, to the committee, uh, we may need to consider in the year 2022. And on okay. the yeah, and on the tracking of your, uh, we must 
also us on the bills that must come to 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 the committee uh, uh, there are many bills that are sitting there by the office and we've been promised that they will respond to us before end of the year so no any other matter members this is a draft we'll rework on it with mr matonsi and uh, circulate it and submit it to where it must be submitted uh, tomorrow thanks very much um, uh, the meeting stand adjourned thank you chair thanks chair goodbye everybody thank you chair thank you chair thank you